If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of It's a Fandom Thing. This is our part two of discussing some of Michael Schur's comedies that he either created or wrote for. And this week we're going to be talking about Parks and Rec. And we're joined by some of the same people from The Office. And then we've also got Judy on the line to join us to to discuss this episode. So before we get into all things Parks and Rec, I'm going to go around and have everybody introduce themselves and tell me one thing in fandom or pop culture that they're into right now. Go ahead and start with you, Meg, or Judy, sorry. My (laughs) alphabet went wrong there. Hi, so I'm Judy, and um, yeah, my fandom thing right now, and I know I'm way behind on this, I'm finally watching Buffy. Oh, yay! <laughs> yay, Buffy! It's, it's, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, but oh my goodness, the cringiness of those early seasons where they're in high school, but they're, they live like adults, and every night they spend at this nightclub, and they dress like adults, and they look like adults. It's so funny, but I'm enjoying it. So if you get to a Buffy episode and I've finished, maybe I'll join. <laughs> well, we did, yeah, we, we did our Buffy episode. Oh, that's right. And that's, that's one right. of our most popular episodes, actually. So, yeah, so you'll definitely have to tune in and listen to that because, yeah, yeah. But after, because I don't want spoilers. Yeah, you don't want spoilers because <laughs> we spoil the whole thing. So, yeah, you definitely don't want spoilers. Okay, and then Meg? Um, well, I'm really – I think I'm going to rewatch Buffy. Um, anyway, <laughs> so – I canceled my trip, so I have plenty of time right now in light of things. Um, my dad actually turned me on to a show, and I haven't started watching yet, but I think it's a really, really cool concept, so I'll let you know when I get into it a little more. It's called The Beforeners, huh. um, oh. and it's on HBO, and it's a, it's an, it's a Nordic original series, so if you're not into subtitles, I wouldn't, but it's a really interesting show where like people, two people from different time periods... Like one, I think is from the ice age and the other one is from like 19th century, just pop up out of nowhere in Oslo. And seven years later, the whole community is transformed because more and more people keep popping up from this time and we don't know what's going on. So that's what I'm really excited to kind of get into, but I'm in between shows right now. So I don't have anything that I'm really like crazy about. I haven't watched the tiger episodes yet. The Tiger King. The Tiger King. <laughs> Since last episode. <laughs> cool. And Rebecca? Uh, hello, this is Rebecca Jacobson. I've uh, been on a few episodes before now. Um, so in our office episode, I mentioned that I had watched one of Netflix's uh, most awfully delightful trash fires of Love is Blind. 
Um, <laughs> as I've been, uh, as my husband and I have been in the process of moving, one of the other uh, shows that this was actually recommended by Susie in one of our earlier episodes. Uh, I have been binging us through Horrible Histories on Amazon Prime, which yes. is delightful. Yes. yes. And it is one of the few shows that I have found that I can put on and my husband will actually like kind of watch with me. He doesn't watch much like for TV, but he, he finds it incredibly amusing as well. It's probably because one of his many minors in college was history. So (laughs) I will highly recommend to anybody out there. If you're bored and want something entertaining on Amazon prime, check out horrible histories. It's great. Cool. And Tanya? Hi, I'm Tanya Cook, and I'm going to say a podcast that I discovered um, about a year ago uh, by way of my much cooler than me teenager, um, my Bim Bam, my brother, my brother and me. I don't know if anybody's familiar with this, ah. but it's the McElroy brothers who do the Adventure Zone, and it's their um, ed- quote-unquote advice show for the modern era, and they answer like you um, Yahoo questions and various um, advice questions to to hilarious effect and it's it's really it's pretty funny definitely not for children but it's it's <laughs> it's a uh, it's interesting and i i really have been enjoying that when i can catch it cool awesome and this is aaron and my recommendation this movie's not necessarily great but i have this undying love for this movie um i rewatched dream a little dream <laughs> um <laughs> Last night, which I don't know if anybody knows that movie from the late 80s with the two Corys. And it also has Jason Robards and it has um, William McNamara and it has Harry Dean Stanton. And it's one of those body switch movies, body swap movies where James Robart ends up getting into the body of Corey Feldman and stuff. And <laughs> I don't know. Has anyone else seen this movie? I guess. Yes. No, no, I, I've I never seen it. Yeah, back in the yeah, day. I saw it back in the 80s, but yeah. I don't remember a whole lot about it. <laughs> yeah, well, well and I was obsessed with it back then. I, like, had a poster. I watched the movie over and over again. And I started watching it because I, I rewatched it because I noticed it was on Amazon Prime. So it's on there if you want to watch something really cheesy and, you know, just horribly acted. And it's really doesn't make any sense when you're watching it. It actually doesn't make any sense, some of the stuff that happens. But I started watching it because another podcast that I uh, listen to and um, is Real Spoilers, where they spoil movies. And during this time, since there are no new movies in the theaters, they're watching movies that have a 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Cool. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, uh, wow. And so that, that that was mentioned as one that might that might be that they might be doing next and i was like that is zero percent i love that (laughs) so anyway so i recommend if you You gotta go rate it truly bad yeah you gotta go yeah we all have our guilty pleasures (laughs) yeah and that's definitely one of mine i mean the music the the way the dress i mean the outfits the stuff that you could tell that Corey feldman was really trying to imitate michael jackson constantly because everything he wore and the movements he did it's like that so yeah so i recommend that one if you want something that's kind of not that great but you want something that's kind of a guilty pleasure um that one's on amazon prime Okay, great. So let's go ahead and dive into Parks and Rec. Um, So I want to go around and just ask everybody their favorite seasons and episodes and start with you, Judy. 
Okay. Um, I was not good at like keeping track of episode names and that kind of thing mm-hmm. because um, my family found this show in the later seasons and just stopped living for like three solid weeks to <laughs> through this thing. Uh, and I really feel like I need to go back and watch it again because, you know, when you're binging that hard, <laughs> You know, you're you're just absorbing so much. It's like drinking from a fire hose and trying to remember like specific seasons and that kind of stuff can be hard. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I more that sticks out to me is like favorite moments, um, you know, the little Sebastian moments. Yeah. A little Sebastian's funeral was just the funniest thing ever. <laughs> um, the Leslie's wedding, of course, and you know, a, a, the beautiful finale where we got to see mm-hmm. kind of what happens with everybody in the future um, are some of the moments that stand up, stand out to me. And of course, anytime anybody is stuck in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great ones. Um, and then uh, Meg, do you have some um, favorite yeah. episodes, favorite seasons? So, I do. I haven't. I haven't watched this out series as much as The Office because this is a little bit less friendly around my kids. The Office is I can kind of play around in the background, and my kids like it. And but Parks and Rec has a little bit too many adult references that I forgot about until I started rewatching for this recording. <laughs> um, <laughs> but some of my favorite episodes: uh, Leslie and Ron in the final season when they're fighting and they are trapped together and have to resolve. I love, I just love their relationship. So, and we'll talk about that. I think at some point. Yeah. Um, Anne and Chris, the Pawnee Rangers and Harvest Festival are probably my, and the finale. It was a great finale. So those are probably my faves. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Great. And then, um, and then you, Rebecca. Oh boy, so many. This is, I have actually rewatched this show far more than The Office. It is a top favorite of mine from all, for all time. I think I've watched it through start to finish easily more than three times. Uh, so picking out a favorite episode can be kind of hard. Um, I would say, oh boy, uh, The Harvest Festival is easily one of them. Pawnee Zoo, actually, <laughs> where the penguins get me. <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, Andy and April's fancy party mm-hmm. where Andy and April get mm-hmm. married. Um, oh gosh, little Sebastian and little Sebastian's funeral. I uh, is always a favorite one for me to rewatch. There's just so, so much that's good in it. Um, got to, the entire show, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you, Tanya. Yeah, this is definitely my family's favorite show together um, for all of us. And my kids are teenagers. So they're like every time one got old enough to watch it, we watch rewatch the whole thing. Um, and so we can all agree on this one. In terms of seasons, I like season three a lot, I would say. I Three, four, five, um, which I know is two seasons more than you asked me to pick. Um, oh, it's like, <laughs> too bad. Um, but episodes, I the ones that we watch over and over are the fight, and this is the one where they all get drunk on snake juice. Yes, and that yes. Oh my God. <laughs> it's really great. Um, and then I think Donna has to drive them home or something. And then yep. um, I also I love flu season. 
Um, yes. Oh my gosh. Stop. Yeah. Pooping. Yes. Stop. Stop pooping. And Leslie, (laughs) Leslie giving the, giving the speech. And then, and then give it up for Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap. (laughs) That's just so great. (laughs) Yep. Sick. I have to get ready for the Chamber of Secrets tonight. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I also love the time capsule episode. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. The flu was going to, uh, flu season was going to be one of mine for sure because I, I love just, <laughs> I love that she's so out of it. And then Leslie's able to make that speech yeah. perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes right back to being Leslie's a my hero. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to choose favorites for me as well. Um, like I was saying before we started, out of the three that we're covering this special three-parter between Office, Parks and Rec, and The Good Place, Parks and Rec is by far my favorite. Um, I've I go back to all of these and rewatch them, um, but Parks and Rec has there's such a heart and soul to this show that it just makes you feel good. I think, and mm-hmm. and even characters when they're being awful they're actually everybody's got a heart and everybody's good and lovely and wonderful and i think just their relationships are great so it's hard to choose um a favorite as well but i will say i don't like season one i will say i'm not a big fan of season one but um i do love season three i love season four um i love leslie and ben um, their their wedding. I love that episode. Flu season, as I said before. I think that's great. And I love all the Ron and Tammy episodes. Ron and Tammy. <laughs> yes. And then Ron and Tammy too. I just love watching Ron in those episodes as well. And then, of course, the series finale, I think, is absolutely beautiful. I cry every time I watch it. And I just watched it last night and cried. So, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're great. Yeah. I, got, great. I watched it about an hour ago or two hours ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and got a little weepy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, and then um, let's get into talking about Leslie Nope. So, Judy, what are your thoughts on Leslie Nope? Oh my gosh, I love <laughs> this character um, for many reasons. One is, you know, we love the characters that we can relate to, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I definitely relate to Leslie on on so many levels. I, I kind of have that same sort of work persona i'm the positive person the person that's driving everything the person that kind of has her shit together (laughs) in a in a work environment where not necessarily everybody does (laughs) um but yeah just so much warmth in that character and authenticity and just caring and and that's actually one of the things i love about all of these Michael Schur shows is the um, again the warmth and the caring mm-hmm. and the, it's they're just about good people that are trying to make the world better and do the right thing and and just be good to one another. They fall down a lot, of course, um, but I I love that positivity. Mm-hmm. Well, don't get me wrong; I love the shows about terrible people too. I mean, Always Sunny is one of my favorite, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Leslie Nope. I just I just love her to death, and and she's uh, an inspiration. Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> and then you, Matt? Um, yeah, I absolutely adore Leslie Nope. I think, as a fellow government employee, I think that <laughs> she's really 
sets the bar way too high for anything. Um, <laughs> so you're more of a Ron Swanson. <laughs> I, I, I feel inadequate. No, I'm more of a Gary, Jerry, Terry. Bear. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, Larry. I'm, I'm an inadequate government employee compared to Leslie Nope. Um, but I just, I love how much she loves people and how deeply she cares about everybody around her and how much she just wants to make a difference, not for her own glory and not for herself, but just to make the world and her town a better place for everybody and how she's willing to sacrifice her own self-interest in order to make things to improve things for everybody else. And I just, I absolutely love her. I teased my 11 year old that she reminded me of Leslie Nope. And my 11 year old got a little bit offended. I was like, no, no, honey. (laughs) That's a good, my 11, the highest, highest compliment. My 11 year old has seen exactly one in one half episodes of Parks and Rec because (laughs) we were watching it and my kids are 11 and seven and we were watching it. And I was like, nope, this is not, this is not going to work for you guys to be around. There are way too many blowjob references. <laughs> like, weird sex things I don't want to explain yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But she's well, not the highest caliber person. I gotta, I gotta chime in, but what's worse, this is Tanya, is when your children have to explain the weird sex reference to you. Which <laughs> happened to me the other I'll, day. I'll get there. <laughs> It better not yet. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. It was the sixteen-year-old, so <laughs> still uncomfortable. Oh dear. <laughs> and, and Rebecca. Oh, Leslie Nope is me. I am Leslie Nope. I actually, so I, uh, Meg. I also I worked in the government for two years uh, in local government here in Denver, Colorado, um, and I tell people, you know. And I was a big fan of the show before I worked in government and rewatching it while I was working for the city of Denver, I would tell people, I'm like, the show is not fiction. It is a documentary. (laughs) 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 I can tell you stories. I'm like, and I mean, thankfully, I feel like I worked with far more people who were Leslie Nopes than were, you know, any other character of the show. Then, you know, for example, were Mark Brandanowitz's. But I completely forgot that I, man existed. That, that is for the best. <laughs> uh, the show drastically Aww. improved because they got rid of You mean Brandana um, quits? Anyway. Yeah, Brandana <laughs> quits. Yes, Mark Brandana quits. Um, <laughs> I actually, as I, so I, I work in a science lab now uh, as a writer and communicator. And when I went to my first interview for the job, they said, like, well, how do you describe yourself? And I said, I am Leslie Nope, <laughs> but for science. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Nice. Like, that is why I should be here. Because all the things that you're going to think are really mundane and not interesting about quantum physics research, I'm going to go, That's amazing. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> How is everyone not talking about this? The same way that Leslie Nope is like, I hardly ever look over city budgets in my bed. On- <laughs> <laughs> and, Spice yep. CDs. and loves paperwork. And <laughs> yeah, we'll go to law school after she retires. <laughs> yes, yeah. she's already yeah. bored thinking about that one day off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
I, I I just love her so much. I think that she is so very relatable for a lot of professional women because she is she is very smart. She is very competent and she is very hardworking, but that doesn't mean that she isn't caring, that mm-hmm. she's not empathetic, and that she also I'm a pretty girly person and I like that she is still girly like she can be a very competent and professional woman who still you know loves mm-hmm. talking about her favorite tv shows with her best friend and marrying penguins because she thinks it's really cute <laughs> yeah yeah and She's it, great. i just love her so much and that's why i'm like i i am leslie nope yeah i'm actually gonna be serious i for a minute maybe we'll see (laughs) i i think it's a great character and i think it was interesting if you the first two seasons i don't even hardly think of them as part of the show and i know that that's that's sort of strange but i think like they did with the office with michael scott you know she started off not as not as leslie as she was going to be eventually and so to see that character really um become more of who she she would be was great and also um just i'm so grateful for the character for how it has inspired both me and my daughter who's a um, teenager and i know i mentioned you know her explaining something awkward to me but really this this character to for my daughter to be able to see strong positive women who care about their work who take their work seriously and who um <laughs> who, you know, care so much that they're willing to kind of um, have integrity to to sacrifice their career to get something done, right? Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. the positive female friendships, right? And so just to see that role model for her is, it, it means so much to me personally. And by the way, while I was saying that, she walked in and gave a double thumbs up. So <laughs> no, I I totally agree with that, Tanya. I have two daughters, and I can't wait till they're actually old enough to watch this show. Um, <laughs> but to have that kind of character is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I wish I had yeah. had that. You know what I mean? Like I exactly. didn't really yep. have mm-hmm. that. Um, well, there's Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> yeah, I I I maybe missed yeah. that. I'm like was not quite there, but like you know, all the characters that I had to look up to were were way over sexualized. You know. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah, she's, she's amazing. And I think, you know, what's interesting about this show is I think in the first season, they kind of were towing the line of trying to make her almost like cringy, like Mm -hmm. Michael in a way. I think they Mm -hmm. wanted to do that. And then I think what they realized pretty quickly was that that wouldn't Mm -hmm. work with her character because her character isn't like that. I mean, her character genuinely cares about people. But sometimes she cares too much, so she's flawed in some well, ways. You know, like the whole episode where April says to her she doesn't want to work in government in the, in the final season. You know, she actually mm-hmm. – and then she's kind of upset and angry with April. And mm-hmm. so you kind of see that where she's just – she cares so much and she thinks she knows what's best for everybody – but she doesn't always, but she always comes around. It's never like, she never means harm at all. Like always having anniversaries for every single <laughs> event that happens and always having gifts at the ready and stuff. I mean, that, that whole episode where Ben and Anne are competing to get the waffle maker yeah. for her yes. for their anniversary. And it's just, and Ben even saying, I can't, I can't believe I'm complaining about how thoughtful. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, she, she, she's just so much heart that it's, 
it's she just wears her heart on her sleeve that it's amazing to see a character like that be in government because you don't <laughs> automatically think of that. I mean, Thanks. all the other characters around her <laughs> that serve <laughs> that serve with her, like Jeremy Jam mm-hmm. and stuff, are are kind mm-hmm. of more the characters that you do associate with government. So it's just <laughs> it's just amazing to watch that character. You see someone that you hope and wish would be able to be in government and, and, and lead in some way. And she, she's just, and yeah, her friendships are just amazing. And we'll talk about it in a second here, her friendship with Anne, but all her friendships with women and are just so incredible to watch. It just, well, yeah, she's just, she's a great And character. I think what makes me a little bit, I, I, I don't want to like jump on top of you, but as far as her not being able to be Michael, I don't think people would forgive her the way they so easily forgive Michael mm-hmm. yeah. for his egregious yeah, yeah. behavior. That's very true. I feel like mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why yeah. they, they pivoted real hard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I saw an, an interview with Michael Schur years ago about, about getting around that problem because they did try to make her just basically female Michael. They, mm-hmm. they had a formula from the office and they mm-hmm. wanted to make it the office, but for government. And they realized that, uh, in pretty pretty well through the, like the first season, that making her the buffoon that Michael was was not going to work. And they realized that the problem wasn't that people didn't like Leslie because people watching the show really liked Leslie. So they figured out that they needed to change the way the other characters reacted mm-hmm. to Leslie. That interesting, they, yeah. They stopped the eye rolling. They stopped the like like I think. Aziz Ansari in like one of the episodes in the first season when she's having him take dictation, you cut back to see what he's writing and he's just writing mm-hmm. nothing. Um, and they changed, they decided to change how all of the other characters reacted to her and see like, and see her basically rather than seeing her as the way that Michael Scott is seen by a lot of his employees as kind of a buffoon as seeing like, well, she really knows what she's doing and Leslie's going to do it and Leslie's going to do a good job and like just admiring her for being so competent. <laughs> she's amazing. Yeah. And, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I think, I think a lot of it also goes to Amy mm-hmm. Poehler mm-hmm. and yeah. I think what she brought to the character and, and the show in general, I just, she's, she's so great to watch and so amazing and, you know, she's, I just, I just love her and love the character. And uh, one of my favorite things is uh, with her is her relationship with Ben um, oh, and Ben it. in general. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to kind of segue into that and talk about Leslie and Ben. Um, Judy, do you love Leslie and Ben? Oh, definitely. Um, but it took a little bit for me to get on board with it for some reason. Huh. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, once once I bought in, uh, I was all in. Um, he's just such a, they're both just genuine and he's such a lovable dork. And she is such a lovable dork that they just go well together. And, and what I love is that the relationship is respectful of each other and, um, they both just want help. the other to succeed. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Much. Exactly. It, it's, it's just so nice to see that. Um, it's, it's not contentious. Um, they just mm-hmm. root for each other and are each other's biggest, uh, you know, cheerleader. And, and I think that's just lovely to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. I agree. I agree. 
Um, and Meg. Yeah, so I I haven't been able to watch this nearly as much as I watched The Office, but I kind of forgot that there was a time that Ben didn't exist in this show. It kind of <laughs> it kind of goes along with forgetting yeah. that Brandanowitz was ever a part of it. And I think that's a huge testament to both Adam Scott and this relationship that is such a beautiful, healthy, loving relationship. And there's no big drama or anything. There's no, and and we talked a little bit about in the office episode about Jim and Pam's kind of major marital issues they have. We don't get that. These people just love each other and they support each other and they communicate with each other. Um, and it's, I think it's just an absolutely lovely and beautiful relationship. And it's great to watch it um, become and to watch it grow. <laughs> and he is such a huge dork. And I love it so much. <laughs> I am still really sad. I'm still really sad the Cones of Dunshire is not in my game collection. <laughs> because I would play that game so game. hard. <laughs> Painfully yeah, intricate, yeah. I think, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, ninth one. <laughs> they're not yeah. my favorite relationship on the yeah. show. My favorite relationship is Leslie and Ron, but they're mm-hmm. a huge, beautiful relationship, and I adore them both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're great. And then Rebecca, <laughs> I love them so much. Um, I, I I agree with things that everybody else has said. I do love that. <laughs> We, you know, when it comes to their ambitions, and I, I will say this, one of the things that I think is so well done about all of uh, Michael Schur's projects, uh, we didn't really get to talk about this in the office, but I think it shows, um, it really shows well in, the, in uh, Parks and Rec, is that all of the characters, it's one of the tenets of writing, and writing fiction in particular, is that every one of your characters should want something, even if that's just mm-hmm. a glass of water. And when I think about all the characters on this show, they all have very clear things that they want. And when I went back and started rewatching the show from season one recently, while packing up my old apartment, um and as like it's another one of the few shows that my husband will actually kind of like watch over my shoulder with me and he and I both realized that part of the reason why Mark Brandanowitz was the worst part of the show and part of I think what was holding the show back in the first two seasons is that he was the only character that didn't want something oh yeah he wanted absolutely nothing and I think that's why at the, when I first started watching the show and friends told me, you've got to watch this, you will love it. The first season, I was like, I don't know, why on earth would Leslie be hung up on mm-hmm. this guy? She wants so much out of life, out of her job, from her friends, like for her friends, from her friends. And I love that you get some of that same passion in Ben mm-hmm. as well. And that... He's, he's a dork for accounting and if i am leslie nope then i i think if i was trying to match an office character to to my spouse grant would be would be ben because he is also kind of a dork sorry honey i love you <laughs> <laughs> but he also would entirely invent a game like way better party. than claiming <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, way better than yeah. Oh, he has done yeah. Oh, god, I just look and see what a depressed person makes. 
Oh no! Had <laughs> <laughs> weeks on it. It was two seconds. <laughs> but like he does things. I think one of the things he's you know we're talking about Leslie being such a positive role model. It's such a wonderful model of a relationship that he does things like he like they break up or they try to break up at first because he knows how badly she wants mm-hmm, to run for city mm-hmm, council mm-hmm. which you'd think you know city council that's not a big deal but it is her ambition it is her her dream it's what she wants and he has i mean he ends up having political ambitions of his own towards the mm-hmm. end of the show and that doesn't get in the way for mm-hmm. either of them mm-hmm. the fact that you know the both could be considered to what is governor. it run for state senator mm-hmm. i think it's state senator governor yeah yeah and, and that both of them are like her. no you should do it well no, he, should tried, do it. he doesn't mm-hmm. even give her the <laughs> chance he 100 he... is just like mm-hmm. leslie's running for governor it's just yeah <laughs> yeah there's there's a res- there's such a respect mm-hmm. there yeah yeah. And yeah, I think I I will chime in on this. I think they're great. And I was really worried as I was watching it at first that she and Ron were going to end up. And I, oh I could have, you, oh you could, yeah. you know, you probably could have sold that to me because I love Ron Swanson so much, but I would, I was just, I would have been disappointed <laughs> because I think their relationship is mm-hmm. so, is so great as friends and coworkers. Um, but yeah, with Leslie and Ben, one thing I think that is really great about them is they, they're attracted or at least Ben is, I'm trying to remember when Leslie's attracted to, to him first, they are attracted to each other's um, personality and like their competence. Mm -hmm. Right. And so to see a male character Mm -hmm. basically fall in love with a woman because she kicks ass at her job and accomplishes Mm -hmm. things. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's so feminist really. When you think about it, like, I, I just think that's wonderful. I'm really, really happy to see that um that they what they like is how they can bring out the best in each other and work as a team and you know celebrate Mm -hmm. each other's successes so the fact that their relationship kind of starts there or i mean at first there's sort of animosity but goes there before it's the physical stuff i think is really really great but that's such a great trope too of enemies to friends to lovers i yeah it's my favorite Mm -hmm. (laughs) sorry yeah, <laughs> well, but they're, a good one. Yeah, but they're only they're only enemies because he's you know he's been because they're both so good at their jobs. And yeah, because they're both so good at their jobs. And the thing is, they both mm-hmm. really care. Like Ben's not there. Ben doesn't be much of a Ron Swanson, which is like yeah, or of like you know what best way to to have government is to have no government. We're just shutting everything down. And because he, uh, that's why he's in the position that he's in is because he's like, no, we've, we've uh, we have to make tough decisions. We have to make cuts. And again, like Meg, I've worked with those people in government. Well, and, and just to take on what Tanya said about Ron and Leslie, um, I love that it was actually addressed with Diane at one mm-hmm. point yeah. and how yes. both of them were completely yeah. horrified. Yeah. And the idea yep. of romantic chemistry <laughs> yes. and they their friendship is just such a beautiful platonic respectful friendship that i will talk about later <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're yeah and, and leslie and ben for, for me you know i, I i've told people when they're when they're going to start to watch this show i say you can mm-hmm. skip season one 
start season two. And I said, but you really, even if you don't want to watch some of, even though I think you should, there's great episodes before Ben comes along, but I said, you really have to watch it when Ben is there because, and I think a lot of that is because of Adam Scott and I've been a big Adam Scott fan for years. And it's funny because I know a lot of people associate him with comedy and I don't, I associate him with independent dramas because that's oh, what really? I've known him from Wait, what before was this. Um, yeah. And uh, well, he was in this great movie called Passenger Side, which probably nobody has seen, but um, it's an independent movie uh, where he plays a brother. He was in another movie called The Vicious Kind, and he's awful. He's a horrible, horrible, despicable human being in that, but he's so good. I mean, he's just incredible in that. So I had known him more from those kind of films, from the indie dramas. And so I, when I saw that he was on here, I'm like, oh what God, villainous is so movie? <laughs> but I loved him. <laughs> I loved him and I wanted him and Leslie together pretty much after the second episode that he was on. Uh, and I do think that he realized his love for her before she realized her love for him. Uh, but I, but like, like has been said before, his respect for Leslie is so rare yeah. to see on a TV show, on a movie, in a TV show anywhere. And I mean, if you watch the, the movie The Vicious Kind, he's the exact opposite male character on that one. But his, his, just his utter love and the willingness to give up his own happiness and he's so unthreatened by it's just so incredible and he's yeah he's not threatened by her at all he's not threatened by her success he wants her to succeed more than he wants himself to succeed and he's so earnest and so wonderful and such a wonderful dork and such a geek and he's just i just <laughs> i really think he's probably my favorite character on the show honestly and i i just love him so much and his comedic mm -hmm. timing is great too he's kind of you know, he kind of does stuff that he doesn't even realize is funny. And, and his relationship with mm -hmm. Chris Traeger, oh. I think, is really special, too. And and watching him with April and when they were in Washington, D.C., he's just he's just so great. And I just yeah, Leslie and Ben, that's that's the kind of marriage I would dream to have that kind <laughs> of relationship. I think that's so rare and so beautiful. So um, but I know uh, Tanya has to head out. So um, I'm going to go ahead and give her a chance to say goodbye before she leaves. And if there's anything else she wants to add really quickly. Yeah, I will. I, 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 of course, I thought of three things real fast. Um, so I, I was <laughs> I read an interview, um, testament to, to Adam Scott's acting. Right. I read an interview, um, something behind the scenes with um, Amy Poehler and she would she would get worried filming scenes with him and she would ask him afterward are you are you are you mad at me like are you are you angry with me and he was like no I'm acting I'm acting <laughs> so I don't I don't know where I where I saw that but I thought that was great um yeah shout out for um the Jean Ralphio and Mona Lisa um you know comedic relief side characters um but yeah thank you so much uh sorry that I have to run and you, you can find me on Twitter oh, no. at AK Nerd Fighting. so thanks everyone awesome. thank okay. you so much Tanya Bye. thanks Tanya Bye. Okay, so now let's continue with Leslie, and we'll go ahead. We'll, we'll touch on Leslie and Anne as well. But since this has been mentioned a couple times, I'm just going to skip ahead and start <laughs> talking about Ron um, and Ron Swanson in general, and then Ron and Leslie's relationships. So um, I'll start with you, Judy. Okay. Um, well, yeah, that's another relationship that you have to love. We don't get enough of those. Um, just platonic, but respectful and um, just 
you know, the way that they treat each other, they both compliment one another. Never a hint of any kind of, you know, sexual tension. Will they or won't they? None of that kind of stuff. It's just, uh, right? I know. I just threw up in my mouth a little. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, I like... Um, we don't get enough of those. So Mm -hmm. when you see some, when you see these two that are just, um, want to help each other, want to, uh, do the best, you know, in their job. Well, Leslie, at least, and he's not going to stand in her way or anything like that. He's just going to kind of let her be her best self, even though he's (laughs) the boss technically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, that's that's what I love about their relationship um, is that we, we just don't get enough of those. And it's it's well, just and it's, so it's, refreshing. It's not see. even necessarily. Yeah, they just they are two people who have fundamentally different belief systems. Yes. But their mutual Absolutely. respect yeah. and admiration for each other and love for each other. It I, I just think it's not even just a platonic male female relationship. It's a relationship be- between people who we don't see anything of, we don't see very many relationships where people have such differing polar opposite, basically political mm-hmm. and fundamental beliefs, mm-hmm. not only respecting each other, but respecting each other's beliefs. And that's why, honestly, one of my favorite episodes is when, when in season seven, we come back and they, and they're fighting and we don't know why until they get locked into each other and how much Ron has grown within mm-hmm. his job um and that was because of leslie and how much they've really pushed each other to grow as human beings and i just absolutely i love it and speaking of ron as himself and and nick offerman i love how protective nick offerman is <laughs> of ron of ron's of, yeah. of his character <laughs> He, yeah. Oh, Ron yeah. Swanson has yeah. kind of held try people are trying to hold Ron Swanson up as a very, very right wing kind of character or person. And Nick Offerman was very much like, wait. <laughs> I know that. It's like I know this character. Um but I just I I love I just I love him so much. I love their friendship so much. I love how even though they're really good friends, he still keeps his like Duke Silver personality thing apart. <laughs> He's still protective. And I love how hurt it sounds so bad to say that I love how hurt he got. Um, but I really did. I loved how hurt he got when Leslie stood him up for that breakfast or that lunch. And mm-hmm. it just spoke to how much he let her into him. And his personality, because he does not let very many people close to him. No. And I just, mm-hmm. honestly, that I love Leslie and Ben, but Leslie and Ron is my favorite relationship <laughs> on this whole show. <laughs> the way those two characters yes, made each other better. They were just, is what I love. On every level, yep. too. And he called her out when she was being ridiculous. She would call him out. And when he tried mm-hmm. to set off his landmine, I'm sorry, he tried <laughs> And of course it was full of confetti and balloons. That was that was their relationship in one second. 
so I agree with how much everybody loves Ron and, and Leslie. I think that Ron himself is another incredibly well-written character because mm-hmm. a sort of like Dwight Schrute from The Office, you you can very much picture like who this you know who this person is and that's a credit to the writers and to Nick Offerman for how he plays him. Um, when I'm bored in and awake in the middle of the night, I like to start sorting people in my mind into Harry Potter houses. And <laughs> I, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yes. Um, and during one of my many rewatches of Parks and Rec, I started sorting everybody in Parks and Rec and I determined that Ron Swanson is a Hufflepuff. Yeah, Team Hufflepuff. Sorry. Yeah. I was like, no, that's, uh, and I think the sweetest moment is actually during Ben and Leslie's wedding when he gives Leslie away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, before they walk into the office where they have the actual wedding, you know, he just very simply says to her, You are a wonderful person. And your friendship means a lot to me. And it's so simple, but it's, it is so very sincere. And you can see how much he's like, just like he, how much weight he puts onto those words. And I think that it's really beautiful to see a character be so sincere. Um, It actually, I I actually find it kind of painful to rewatch a lot of season seven in large part because it starts with Ron and Leslie mad at each other. So I have a really hard time actually watching those because I'm like, no, 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 no. This, this cannot be. No, no. (laughs) I think that their relationship is uh, (laughs) kind of builds off of what 30 Rock established with the idea of a a boss and subordinate who are both very talented people with Jack and Liz that do not end up getting together. There is no romance between them whatsoever, which I agree is a a wonderful thing to have in a TV show, especially now. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Ron Swanson himself is just such a delightful character to watch. And I've tried to think of people in my life who are Ron Swanson's because they are, he is, uh, you know, as you mentioned, people have tried to peg him into a conservative box. And he actually makes a big point in the show about how he is not a conservative. He's a libertarian because he doesn't <laughs> particularly. One of my favorite moments is when he tries to hold the cookout and he brings on the pig to slaughter. And the sheriff shows up and he's like, do you have a permit for this? And he's like, of course I do. And he just hands him a piece of paper. This piece of paper says, I can do whatever I want. Yes. Well, that whole thing with the that whole thing with the pig reminds me of Dwight too. When Dwight would bring, like he talked, he didn't even really do it. He talked about bringing a duck into the office for lunch, (laughs) like a live duck. (laughs) I'm just gonna talk about Dwight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and 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 back to with Ron. Um, you know, I I. I, I've, I liked Ron right away. He was someone that I was like, he'd be probably really hard to know in real life at times um, with some of his belief system. But in the end, the way he supports Leslie towards the end is just really beautiful to watch that their friendship, their relationship and watching um, 
his relationship with other characters, his relationship with April is so beautiful and how much he just loves April really. And April's like a daughter to him is the way I always kind of viewed their relationship together. Um, and yeah, it would have been awful if Ron and Leslie had gotten together because that just yeah. would make no sense. Yeah. They they don't have that kind of chemistry anyway, but it just it just wouldn't have made sense for those two to get together. Um, and I think some of his lines, <laughs> some of his lines in the show, oh, you know, like like yes. when, like when he goes to the hospital and the doctors ask him questions and says, Does "Anybody have a history of mental illness in your family?" He's like, "Well, I've got." you know, an uncle who does <laughs> yoga. I mean, it's just like those kind of things or like, <laughs> right. or like his line. about It's water. Milk. That's I'm lying about right being now, milk. Skim milk. Is just, <laughs> yes. Yes. It's just those kind of, those kind of lines and how, you know, he's just this virile man. He's just very much a man, but he's also got this sensitive side to him, which, you know, you really saw on display in season seven and, yeah, and, and and watching him with um, all the Tammies and <laughs> it's just so much entertainment there, right there. And and Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler really work well together. And you know they they do a whole show called Making mm-hmm. It, which mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's watched, where it's basically people doing home crafts and they judge them on that. And and watching them work on that together is great too. I just I I think they're just wonderful. And he's so interesting in general. And um, you know, I think it's great that his wife, Megan Mullally, who plays one of the, yep. one of the Tammies, Tammy too. They must is, have uh, had is... so much fun. <laughs> She's so good. They too. must have had the, the so much fun. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I would playing yeah. together. Like they're just, mm-hmm. that's such a trip. That's my, yeah. I love trash. That's I a... think it's established. I love trash yeah. fires. <laughs> 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 well, and those so two. I mentioned yeah. earlier that having worked in in government, that I felt like the show was really more documentary than it was fiction, <laughs> and I loved that. There, um, what my very first job ever was working in my local public library, and <laughs> I, have, I have to say I have personally never met a librarian who was a Tammy too. <laughs> but, or no. like any of the I've never met a human who was like Tammy too. <laughs> I may have met humans who were Tammy twos, but I have yeah. never met a librarian that was a Tammy too. But I love the yeah, or like, like any one of the things the that I love so much about the show is its portrayal of government and of mm-hmm. a kind of, in some ways, a some ways idealized government that you do want everyone in government to be Leslie Nopes. And I, I have to say, I've worked with more people in government that think of themselves as Leslie Nopes, certainly more than think of themselves as Tom Haverford's. Meg, Meg must disagree with me. <laughs> well, no, it's not even, it's not even that. No, um, the people I so the people I work with are all very like they very much care about what we do, and I very much care about what I do. It's just the stick-to-itiveness and the ability to kind of push through that bureaucracy and the red tape and everything like that and and for so many of us who work in government are like I don't understand how we can possibly get this done there's so much to do to be able to be a Leslie Nope and just be like well here we go (laughs) and just like (laughs) the relentlessness of it um is something that I like that and yeah, I well, and, and I absolutely love it. I do see more Rons in my work mm-hmm. in some ways, as far as like their personal beliefs, which I find 
baffling in real life also (laughs) but that's a different that's a different podcast (laughs) but i think though i mean based on my experience though that it was such uh i mean i i liked seeing that even leslie gets frustrated Mm -hmm. by the natures of the work and i think it's it's such a refreshingly normal perspective especially for local government because i think a lot of people just don't think too much about all the things that your local government does like okay so right now we're recording this in the middle of the covid19 pandemic which i'm recording from colorado and the state of colorado is on a statewide uh stay at home order hey me too in wisconsin hey hey hey, hey. stay at home (laughs) hey hey stay at home but you don't think about how many until they're gone. You don't think about uh, how many of these services are, you know, provided by the government. And you know, things like I can't go to the library right now. Like our parks are not. Leslie like, would be so to... excited though about you not being able to go to the library. <laughs> I know. She'd be know, so mad would. about parks. <laughs> yeah, which is such a weird thing. Um, so I want to touch a little bit on the character of Anne. Um, and a little bit her relationship with Leslie, since we've been focusing so much on Leslie, maybe just more on her as a, as a character. Um, and of course she left, um, after season, Mm -hmm. was it season six that she left in? I can't remember now, but yeah, but, and her relationship with Chris and just her in general, uh, what are your thoughts on Anne, Judy? Well, Anne, I, I feel like brought that sort of outsider <laughs> normalcy kind of view to this, the rest of this, you know, kind of crazy bunch. Um, and, you know, you kind of always need that somewhat straight guy um, in, in a show to, to really bounce off the others to really show how caricatured they are. But of course, the, you know, the, the, thing we're supposed to focus on is of course the relationship between Leslie and Anne. Um, I read somewhere that the show was at its root, um, a relationship, a show about the relationship between those two friends. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a little surprising because really I saw the Ron and Leslie is more of the focus relationship, but yeah, I mean, it is that their relationship was, was so sweet. Although Almost a little <laughs> weird. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Leslie's just overly uh, complimentary um, and almost putting mm-hmm. Anne on a pedestal mm-hmm. um, could be a little bit almost weird and problematic because uh, that takes the relationship out of balance. I did see I somebody think. make a point but, once uh, about yeah. how... Um, you know, they they have this wonderful, incredible friendship that a lot of women, you know, recognize and, and want to have in a best friend. But you don't really get to know Anne that well mm-hmm. for so long. And I think it is because for at the mm-hmm. beginning of the show, she did sort of serve as an audio, like an audience surrogate. Like, you know, she was almost supposed to kind of, uh, Jim isn't quite the right person but almost kind of like a Jim or a Pam like they're just kind of observing the madness around them um but you know I did see uh, there another another video from the take which I've talked about on this show before 
they did a video about the best friend trope in movies and television. And they, they brought up that it's kind of a problem about Anne's character. And for that matter, Leslie and Anne's friendship is that you see how much Leslie adores Anne and Anne adores Leslie for that matter. But we, and Anne does get some of her own storyline and some of her own agency a little bit later on, but you don't really know what it is that, if there's one failing in the show, I would say you don't really know what exactly it is about Anne that Leslie finds so amazing. Right. Well, and I, and I don't know what you guys think about that. Well, and I, yeah. Mm. Or what drives her. I mean, we talked about earlier in this podcast, like every character, you should know what they want and what well, drives I, them. I personally, sure I enjoyed get that seeing Anne. Anne's transition from taking care of Andy to being in a healthy relationship um, with Chris and stuff like that. But as far as her and Leslie's friendship goes, I feel like it was a bit of a condensed, we get a condensed view of this friendship. Like I feel like so much of their relationship and their friendship happens off screen and off camera. Um, I do think that I, I liked when we, we mentioned a little bit about how Ben and Anne are competing for the waffle iron. And I think, think that episode really kind of encapsulates a lot of their friendship and actually a lot of the pressure that Anne must feel being friends with somebody who can catalog and comp- and almost has like an <laughs> eidetic or eidetic memory about literally every single second and she talks about how she has a calendar with their friendship anniversaries and then included on that (laughs) is a it was a gift for calendar day like it's and i think (laughs) i kind of appreciated seeing how seeing leslie through ann's eyes and how as lovely and wonderful as she is and how we would love to have a friend like that how exhausting and how much pressure you would feel to be in that relationship (laughs) um Mm -hmm. because yeah i could never keep up with leslie nope (laughs) not not for a second god bless her and i love her to death um but i feel like we really get a highly condensed version of their friendship when we talk about that um leslie always being so complimentary and lovely and everything um, and I would disagree a little bit that Anne doesn't get any kind of storyline, but she is a side character in the show. She's not a main character, but we do get to see a lovely arc of her going from taking care of this doofus Andy, who I adore. We all love Andy. <laughs> we all love Andy. Um, but to see her growth and, mm-hmm. and have her even acknowledge that she absorbs the personalities of the people closest to her. Uh, I think she does that a little bit with with Leslie. She absolutely does it with the men she dates. And to have her take mm-hmm. that time to date herself and be together. And then when she and Chris decide to have a baby and when they're having that fight in the, not even a fight, that discussion in a jewelry store about whether or not to get married. <laughs> and I feel oh, like yeah. that encapsulated <laughs> all of her growth because yeah. it bucked so many traditions that I think she felt like she had to follow through on. And she was mm-hmm. so happy to do that. And then she was able and secure enough in herself that she was able to stick to her guns against Leslie freaking nope um, and move away. <laughs> and I actually, I actually yeah. really liked that for her. Yeah. Yeah. And she found what she wanted. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did. I did too. And and going to back to what Judy had said earlier about um, Leslie, almost like an obsession. Mm-hmm. It's almost like she's <laughs> obsessed with Anne in some ways. You, were really, you could probably cut together something and have this be you. A, a it's show you. About, a character's <laughs> obsession this woman's obsession with another yeah yeah i mean i mean cuz cuz it is kind of um and i i don't know if that's where you were taking that to judy but it kind of remi- it reminds me of that where she's she's like she loves her so much that it's that if she makes any kind of mistake there are instances where you kind of see that where leslie goes well you're supposed to be perfect in her head like uh, the whole thing when Leslie wanted her to get a job in the government building and then she goes and gets drunk, goes to the party yeah. and gets drunk or, you know, when she's moving away. So that kind of thing where she can't be flawed. As, and I don't know if that's what you. Were yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's that putting the other person on a pedestal, which well, makes just, the relationship hop on sort really, of uneven really quick about a different mm-hmm. counterpoint relationship that I absolutely love is um Anne and Ben's relationship and how they bond over being with people like Chris Trigger and Leslie Nope. And just <laughs> that how awkward Ben and Anne are together at mm-hmm. first because it they don't really have anything in common. They're very, very different people. And it's very and their like main thing in common is Leslie loves them both to almost a scary degree um but at the goodbye party just kind of the two of them (laughs) trading like little bits of information with each other about the other one because chris and adam or chris adam chris and ben are so close are so close and and ben knows so much about chris and then ann and leslie we've actually obviously talked about that and i i really liked kind of seeing the little seedlings of that relationship i think um going to her getting independent when she decided Mm -hmm. to have a baby and she decided she didn't need to have a relationship with a man to do that that she wanted to be a mother uh was a very interesting thing to watch and i think i i I know that it was mentioned before and i think i think you said it judy and, and you too rebecca about her not having a goal and i think giving her that goal of wanting to have a baby and trying to find someone to have a baby with and even though it ultimately led to her relationship being reignited with chris i think it was really this this thing of her breaking away from that being kind of a puppet Mm -hmm, in a way mm -hmm. she's kind of like a doll in a way if you want to look at it that way that gets played with (laughs) um, and passed around almost which i don't mean i mean that sounds really awful but (laughs) it just kind of made me think of that but it it just it gave her more of a motivation more of a a character out there so yeah she's i wonder if the writers had trouble figuring out what to do with her i will say though it's yeah we rag a lot on the first i don't know with this show which i mean rightfully so it's it's kind of uneven but what i've realized going back and re-watching the first season is that that's when we really get to know Anne the best and you start to, i think thinking about like what does this character want and why why do we like Anne? i mean you first meet Anne because she goes to a government meeting mm-hmm. to talk about the pit <laughs> in her backyard which broke her then boyfriend's two legs and I think what gets you to like Anne, and I think thinking about like why why is Anne friends with Leslie, and is it just because Leslie is you know won't go away? 
I think thinking about thinking about who Anne is when we first meet her, her entire life at that point is taking care of Andy and being a nurse and taking care of other people. And Leslie shows up and wants to fix a problem for her mm-hmm. and relentlessly wants to make this right, you know, and I think that that's perhaps what's, you know, something that she really wants and that she gets out of this relationship is having somebody also care for her because Leslie, I mean, I, I think this is a credit to how the show has written these two characters friendship is that for the most part, it is in supporting Leslie and making sure that Leslie accomplishes what she wants to accomplish. But, you know, on the other hand, we also see a lot of scenes of Leslie trying to make sure that, you know, Anne has a date <laughs> at Valentine's Day, like trying to like get her set up with somebody, making, you know, making sure that the pit gets filled in, which fulfills a need both for Anne, but also for herself. But all of the, like trying to find like a new career ambition for Anne, like she she really does want to make sure that her, mm-hmm. her best friend has the best. Mm-hmm. Like when she decides to have a baby and she's like, you can't do that on your own. She's like, the only acceptable, you know, scenario for that is I'd say, congratulations, Anne and Channing Tatum. (laughs) Well, one of the things that reminded me of my best friendship with with my best friend was when they were going to sit and Anne was trying to find a sperm donor and like, oh, are you two together? And like, oh, no, unfortunately, we're both heterosexual. We're just a, yes. that. That made me think of me and Carla. I've had that moment with <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's and there's probably fanfic out there. I haven't looked. There's probably fanfic out there with Leslie and Anne. I'm sure. So, rule. What is it? Rule I mean, thirty combination you can think of. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Move on and move away a little bit from Leslie here, um, and move on to April and Andy, which I think was one of the other core relationships in the show. Um, and go around and sort of talk about that and, and our feelings on them. Judy, do you like April and Andy? Oh, April. <laughs> she <laughs> took a while for me to like, I got to tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it was honestly uh, probably a couple of seasons in before I was just kind of like, oh, God, really again? You know, I don't know. She just seemed, she seemed like such a one trick pony. You know, she was always the the deadpan complaining about everything. I don't know. I, I just, I didn't get her for a long time. Um, it was into the later seasons when you started to see the cracks in that armor that that I started to really in, enjoy her, her character. And <clears throat> she and Andy, I totally didn't see that um at first you know I was like really I mean he's just this lovable doofus as you know we mentioned before um and she's so negative so I kind of felt like oh no don't bring him down but sometimes ying and yang you know go together um and and I I did end up on board (laughs) with them by the end and and they find they did give April some some wonderful moments, especially in those mm-hmm. later couple of seasons when again you see through through her armor and see that she really does care but tries to hide it. So yeah, that she she's a complicated one for me. 
Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. So I, that. yeah. I and really, Meg? really like April and Andy and I like their relationship. I, I, April reminds me of a friend of mine who is very acerbic and very, um, hard to get to like it's, it, and, and I think I appreciate seeing this kind of character and she's not a bad person and, but she, and she tries so hard to keep everybody at a distance in a very different way than Ron does. Um, and watching their kind of relationship mm-hmm. blossom from two people mm-hmm. who don't want to be vulnerable to other people, finding that together, I thought was, was really, really well done. And Aubrey Plaza, I think did a great job. <laughs> um creating this character and making you care about her because I and and I I have to disagree a little bit with Judy as far as seeing that softer center of her. I think you kind of see a bit of that all through the series. Um where you can kind of see as an audience member you can see little glimpses of vulnerability and it makes me honestly want to know more about April and I want to know what made her (laughs) that way. And I absolutely love how Andy is just this bear (laughs) basically who (laughs) just like slips in. Like he just, he gets behind all of her defenses almost immediately. And I think it's so much of his innocence that really allows her to care about him and allows her to kind of let him in. I think she's a really complex character and I really, really love that. And I love their marriage and relationship because you don't think on the surface that they would work at all, but they're so supportive of each other. Like it's such a healthy, they're both children basically. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But their marriage is so healthy (laughs) and the fact that I love that Leslie was wrong when she was trying yes. to call off their wedding. And I love how wrong she was. And I mm-hmm. love how happy she was wrong about it. But as far as their, I just, mm-hmm. I think it's a great marriage and a great relationship. I did not see it coming necessarily, but, but in retrospect, in hindsight, of course. I think at first yeah, I was weirded out. I, I felt like there was a big age difference in some Eight years. Like that. I think that kind of turned me off at first. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 but Andy, I just felt like Andy she was young, basically 12, very young. So, <laughs> so yeah, that, that put me off at first. True. Yeah. Very true. But still, but still, I see what you're saying, Judy. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I agree. I love that April um, and Andy, because I assumed when they started introducing that relationship that they were trying to make a love triangle then between Anne, April and Andy. And I'm really glad that they Mm -hmm. did not go with that. I'm especially when during uh, April and Andy's wedding, they kept saying like, I cannot emphasize how little we Mm -hmm. thought about this. (laughs) I was like, okay, so this relationship is going to like crash and burn at some point. And I'm so glad that it didn't because you're right. When, when you first see them, you don't like they're not immediately obvious as a great couple, but they are so very good for each other because, you know, neither of them really takes life too seriously. And I like that they have a lot of fun with each other that, you know, but unlike 
uh, Anne, April sees all of Andy's potential. Mm -hmm. She sees him as a great musician. She thinks that his band could make it. Mm -hmm. She's the one who encourages him to become a television presenter and to, you know, to do everything, to run a charity. (laughs) She really (laughs) believes in him. And that's... She really believes in him. Um, And for that matter, I think that Andy likes the fact that she is uh, you know and that is that was a hard question for me for a long time I'm like so what does Andy get out of this um and I think it's he he sees behind that like facade and sees that she does you know care about things that she is this is kind of a a joke to her like you know she he laughs when she says things like there will be murder. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, mm-hmm. oh. yes. well, all their role playing just cracks me yeah, up. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and what is it like together, Hitler's right? daughter or something like that? Miss Hitler? <laughs> yes. Well, yes, Judy Hitler. Judy Hitler. Oh, and I love yes. that. I think with Hitler's Anne, daughter. I think mm-hmm. felt like Andy felt more like he had a mom than a partner. And yeah. these two feel like real yes. partners. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're on the same level, and not just because they're both kind of children, but they're on the same level. Mm-hmm. They, they honestly, they're a lot like Leslie and Ben. They have the same mm-hmm. respect for each other, the same love for each other. You know, I think Andy grew as a person and became lovable in a lot of ways because of of the performance of Chris Pratt, but also because of his relationship with April. And, and I just want to say, you know, I, I hung out with a lot of people that were um, in the goth scene and a lot of punks and a lot of stuff like that. And April reminds me very much of some of the people that I hung out with in high school. Um, And I think, honestly, I think she is the most sensitive character on the whole show. She, she hides that, but she's very sensitive. Mm -hmm. And I think she's very afraid of letting someone in and then losing them. And you really, really see that with Andy when she first starts liking Andy and she becomes vulnerable and she's so worried about Anne. And there's that whole part where, you know, where she finds out that Anne kissed Andy when he was in the hospital and how hard that was for her to get over when that wasn't something Andy even really necessarily wanted, but because April is so sensitive and so worried about letting people in, I think she was just thinking, Oh God, great. I'm going to lose this guy. And I, I was being vulnerable and I can't be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So I've got to shut down and shut him out and all that kind of stuff. So, and, and I loved that Ron really helped her realize that she should stop <laughs> doing that. And that, you know, Andy really loves her and really would do anything for her. And I never, I honestly never once thought they were going to break up after their marriage. I thought they were just too perfect for each other. Uh, which it wasn't something I saw coming either. But once they started getting together, I was like, yep, it makes perfect sense because she can bring, he brings Mm -hmm. out the more sensitive side to her, like brings Mm -hmm. it out to the surface. I mean, because it's always been there and the more fluffy side, like you see a lot more about how much dogs and their dog. I just have to give a shout out to champion. Oh yes. (laughs) Best dog ever. Mm -hmm. Best dog ever. Three legged dog. 
Yes, plus it's a pit bull mix, so I just have to give a shout out to that dog. Um, and so you see how much she loves animals and how her sensitivity, how she feels more comfortable displaying that with animals because, you know, which I can relate to that because animals won't hurt you like the, like humans will. So I just think that's really interesting. And I think for Andy, April really kind of grounds him in a lot of ways and makes him realize, you know, how how capable he is, how he doesn't need someone to do everything for him, even though they're tra- well, child. And, 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 she still provides that backbone to him. Um, you know, well, just and I don't mean childlike is in like Karate, a bad you know, necessarily like way. So. I but I but she helps him harness his No, I know, but goofiness and his frank ridiculousness in a way that is productive and good, like with Johnny Karate. I didn't mean to interrupt you, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, that's 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 what I'm kind of saying, and I don't, and they are very. I mean, the whole scene where Ben is trying to get them to be adults is pretty hilarious because you know they plan the then week when they're in season seven, and April's like, "Oh my god, we're we're boring, we're so boring." So watching them together, I I just think they're just so great, and I think you know April has a really big heart Mm -hmm. and when you see it it's a really beautiful thing because it's so genuine when she really shows that and andy i think helped bring that out but you also see it a lot with um with tom and with donna and stuff like that so i think that's that's great so um what i want to get to before we run out of time here is i want to get to some of the other characters like tom and donna um and even chris and kind of just touch on them briefly um and do you like any of those characters judy well, I just want yes. to send the biggest shout out to Jerry. Jerry. Oh, I yeah. see. It would have been funny if we went to Jerry this whole so episode. much. And one of the things that really bothered me about the show was how mean they were to him. I'm like, yeah. be nice to this sweet man. <laughs> I love Jerry. Um, he tries so hard and he's just, you know, the, the poor black cloud that follows him all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jerry is definitely um, a favorite of mine. And, uh, you know, it's not any one character <laughs> in particular, yeah. but just the townsfolk. I love the yeah. consistency of of this show that, you know, these same characters showed up in season one and season seven. They're all, all throughout and they're just <laughs> such a... Um, train wreck (laughs) of all these just amazing characters uh, with so much personality and every time there's a uh a town meeting oh my gosh i get so excited (laughs) (laughs) Uh, right exactly exactly they're they they represent real people that we are all out here living with and uh there was yes, <laughs> I love it. So yeah, so those those would those would be the ones that I just that was some of my favorite stuff about the show. Sean Ralphio, of course, <laughs> you know who doesn't love him? Uh, the douche. Um, yeah, gotta gotta love the douche. Oh oh, oh and everybody yes. at the accounting firm that just yes. wanted Ben to work there. <laughs> 
much. I the love them, and yet. you know they just got so disappointed every time it Ben. I know, uh, but you know at least they loved the cones. So I realized in, in rewatching um, the guy from the accounting firm, he shows up in I think season two as and he's he is an accountant in true like consistency to the show form he's when leslie has the dinner party at her house for the guy that she's dating and trying to impress and all of yeah. the people from mm-hmm. the community center turn yeah, up to try up. and like convince her to keep their their program he, he's <laughs> teaching about quickbooks and so he shows up to give a demonstration on quickbooks well Oh my gosh! I need to get. I need to do a rewatch See, of the I'm show. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and there's just so just many in, details in line with the mm-hmm. show to not mention Jerry at all, even though I love him so much. Um, what one of my favorite things about Jerry was I read an interview. I think it was with either Greg Daniels or Mike Sure about how important it was to them that he had this beautiful, wonderful family life. Like, because he got mm-hmm. so much flack. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But not in, but. Yes. yes. But, not in his head, but he was yes. so happy. And she genuinely <laughs> just loved him. And like, he, he oh, gets so much flack yeah. at the office, but his, yeah. his personal life is so rich and so wonderful. And I loved his was the season finale story that almost made me cry. <laughs> like, I'm not going to I oh, and I love that he finally got story. to be Gary, yeah. right? Which was his real name. Um, yes. but he he had such a full, wonderful <laughs> life, and I loved the pivot they took. Um, where in the first, I think, two seasons, he got really upset by the way he was treated, rightfully so, of course. Um, but in later seasons, he kind of he just took it as like this. He was just happy to be there. He's just happy to be a part of things and to be and to be in in the story somewhere. And I absolutely loved him. Um, Tom Haverford reminds me of a friend of mine. They're both. They're, I, I have a they're Tom both oh, salesmen, <laughs> um, which I, I love, but also I need small doses of. And his and Donna's friendship is amazing <laughs> donna meagle did not get enough airtime in this podcast yes. episode i have to throw that out there because yeah. donna is yes. amazing Beautiful. that woman mm-hmm. is a boss yeah. and she yeah. knows her own worth and is unapologetic about it and i just i love her i love her and tom mm-hmm. treating themselves i love that that became a whole thing where anytime Treat yourself became a thing, yes. and I absolutely loved it. Treat yourself, um, and yeah, I I am gonna stop now. She's amazing. <laughs> my favorite too because she is such. She is amazing. She is such an enigma too. Mm-hmm. I love that. There's all this sort of like random bits of her family's cold about her the series, <laughs> like. Yeah, yes, and she has this cold. Like Nichols are a cold people. <laughs> Like she's related <laughs> to genuine. Like she, she has an entire like second life in Seattle, and a place in Miami. Apparently, <laughs> like she had a place in Miami. Like she's again, um, like sort of in the same way that in our our previous episode about the office. I'm like, you get the sense that you know in that series that Dwight is actually 
you know, by most standards anyway, <laughs> secretly rich. Um, Donna, definitely like secretly and not so secretly rich. Um, oh, I also yeah. have to say, you know, as far <laughs> as diversity goes, I love that that character is black and that she is like, she is this complete enigma of a person but who's so in, like has all this incredibly rich life what? outside of her job and everyone in the show is so and good the yes. episode where the Venezuelans <laughs> show up <laughs> and they're like I will also take the life she's like oh I'm not surprised I've been she's like I've been to South America I did very well there <laughs> like, of course you have yeah yeah she's <laughs> Yeah, she was going to be one of the one characters I was going to mention. And what I was going to mention about her that I think is so great is mm-hmm. she really, really sees everybody on the show for who they really are. I mean, mm. in, in the whole episode where they're finding yes. their dog counterpart, you know, she knows exactly who April is. I mean, she just hones in on that. She knows who Ben really is. She knows her whole boss bitch, bitch boss. And, bi- yeah. and bitch boss it's so great for Leslie because it's like she just she sees everybody's heart and true character and and I just I wish I could be uh more um confident like she is you know she's so confident in who she is and she's and she's unapologetic about it and she she knows how sexy she is and to see that with a woman who is not a size two is really Mm -hmm. cool to see as well um, you know, where it's not, you know, it's, and, and it's, and she's not like, you know, treated like she's a sex object, but it's great to see mm-hmm. that she's treated as being gorgeous mm-hmm. and she is gorgeous and just watching, watching that. So yeah, she's, mm-hmm. she's an amazing character. I, I absolutely love her and she's great. And, um, and I want to say I've been doing polls all week on Facebook and on Twitter about these shows. And I'll be talking about more of those in the next episode, but I just want to sh- mentioned this one i did a poll about who's who's everybody's favorite um side character <laughs> in this show and jean ralphia won pound hands down i was jean ralphia. i was kind of shocked because i have to say i'm in the minority here but i could not stand him at first and they grew on me um i, Brand I Branowitz. say something here i want to defend mark branowitz <laughs> brendan yeah whatever however you say his last name i want to i want to defend him a little bit because i love the actor who plays him and i i honestly think you know a lot of it was the writing i didn't have as much of a problem with him as everybody else did i thought he was kind of a cool character i kind of didn't want him to leave so i'm gonna just be out there and just Barry, defend him a little bit terry um and poor gary larry jerry uh, terry <laughs> yeah terry Terry, um, you know, I know when my mom was watching it, my mom kept saying, God, I hate the way they treat him. It's so awful and horrible and it makes me so mad and so angry. <laughs> and I did. And I recently saw a post on Twitter about that where everybody said, you know, rewatching this man, everybody is awful. I'm but that's why he got Terry and everybody treats him <laughs> And Ron are really the stalwarts of this group. Like they really are the. Yeah. The rock bed of this group it's not necessarily leslie it's ron and donna they are very quietly there supporting and loving and holding everyone up Mm -hmm. and you see i love that at donna's wedding in the final season where she quote-unquote misspells jerry's name as gary and everybody starts calling him Gary and, and that just yes. moment of her winking at him because she knows what she, she knows that. And I think we watched through the whole season 
they're very quiet about it Mm -hmm. in their own way but they have both ron and donna really if i had to pick a mom and dad of this group it's them and they Mm -hmm. the worst couple ever but yeah, and I, I don't I don't hate Mark Brandanowitz. <laughs> I just totally forgot he existed. That would be an odd couple. <laughs> he, he just I hate he it. just was well, unspecial too. I just especially to, after I watching with Ben. For him because... like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I and I want to say really quickly about Chris Traeger. I just want to say this, and I put this on Facebook before. I I love the character. The character is funny. I mm-hmm. think Rob Lowe is great. But oh my God, if I knew a person like that, I would hate <laughs> them. I would despise them. They I would want to punch them nine times out of ten because he's so. Oh my God, he just oh I, he's so just much. too much. He's just I too actually much. do know Chris Traeger. Chris exactly. Traeger is my older sister. Uh, Oh, <laughs> well, sorry, I said I want to punch okay. your sister. I told her this um, because I asked her, uh, I think this was a couple of years ago now, I said, have you seen Parks and Rec? Because on one of my rewatches, again, I'm like, who do I know that is this person? And I turned to my husband at one point while rewatching it, and I went, my sister Angie is Chris Traeger. And he goes, yes. Yes, she is. <laughs> and because she's... Literally... The best. the best person. Um, Literally. And the thing is, sort of like, like Anne, where she gets kind of frustrated with him at some point because she just wants to be able to vent. And he hears all of her problems. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can fix that. Um, my sister is also an incredible mm-hmm. like exercise nut. Like, runs Iron Man's for fun sort of person. Um, and I told her, if you watch the show, you need to watch it. Uh, let me know when you get to season three because Chris Traeger is you. And I, I asked her once she got to, I think, season three or four, I was like, so do you agree? Is Chris Traeger you? And she goes, well, I do not approve of his inappropriate use of the word literally. Yes, that is me. <laughs> literally. Yeah. He is literally, literally me. <laughs> and she goes, and I will take that as a compliment. Yeah, and I, and I think. <laughs> and I think it was great to see Rob Lowe doing a character like that, honestly, because I've never really thought of him as being like the biggest comedian. And, and you know, I mean, his comedy is really just yes. being that character. But I did like that they did let him be, you know, vulnerable for a while. And, you know, his whole thing when he started realizing yes. his mortality and <laughs> when he was going to Dr. Nygaard and and all that stuff and watching him with champion and little things like that, where it was like, yeah, he can be annoyingly perfect, but then watching that kind of be chipped away what, a little bit. I, I really, what is that, so, so crazy to me is that there is going to be like an entire generation where that's how that's who they think <laughs> Rubble is. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's very true. And it's not even <laughs> not the sex tape problem. No. But it's like so I I really like the show 911. So I started watching 911 Lone Star. And I was like this is like this is almost like Chris Traeger took some downers and became a fireman. <laughs> <laughs> because he still got that same like this is my skincare routine. I do this and this and this and this and I'm just like wait a minute. You live in smoke and smog. <laughs> uh, but I love Chris Traeger. I could never handle being his friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Like I couldn't do it. I I don't run fast enough or take nearly enough supplements. Um, but I do yeah. love him as a character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's a very, very. He's well written, and and yes. Rob Lowe's great. But, literally, well, literally, I think that is, I, <laughs> I think that will literally be a great place for us <laughs> to stop for now. Um, like with everything, we could do a hundred episodes on this. Maybe someday we'll revisit the Office and Parks and Rec and stuff at some point. Uh, but right now we're going to wrap up and just have everybody go around and tell and tell us where they can be found if you want to be found. And we'll start with you, Judy. Um, well, my main social. Uh, networking nerdy place is uh <laughs> tumblr and i'm angels watching over on there awesome great thank you and meg uh yeah you can find me on all of the things again at wisconsinac which is w-i-s-c-o-n-s-e-n-n-a-c-h and again blame carla <laughs> that was so much easier to find Seven years. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, if you would like to send me your opinions on the fan theory that Jerry is secretly <laughs> a government agent who is the one keeping everything oh. from falling apart, this is a real fan theory <laughs> because he is actually the most competent person in the office, possibly more competent than Leslie. So, Rebecca, share those <laughs> okay, with me. I will. <laughs> Um, you can find me on twitter which i don't tweet very much but i would love to start doing more and i feel like fandom is a great way to do that it's at rebecca jacobson a uh, so it's at r-e-b-e-c-c-a-j-a-c-o-b-s-o-n i'm i'm finding you right now And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at it's a fandom at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. And if you have any feedback, questions, anything we got wrong, anything you want to get a mention for or any show ideas, or if you want to potentially be a guest um, on the show for me to interview, you can contact us on Gmail at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And next week, we're going to finish out our Michael Schur three-parter. and talk <laughs> Three-parter. I said three-parter. Three-parter. Um, the Good Place. So we're going to be talking about that. And then we're also going to mention a few things combining them all together. So stay tuned for that one. Until next time, it's a fandom thing. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.